Yeah. So, Sandra was busy doing something else. We kept going, and that was like the, the, the naive Brit in us going, come on, let's just ask again. And so we just kept on going, because Sandra was so our perfect Eve. It seems to be a theme with you. Just, just keep, keep asking. asking. Keep and they, eventually they saying, say yes. Yeah, I remember Sally saying, we'd heard from all of the agents and everyone ever, all the managers and everything, that, that Sandra's just not available. And I just looked at Sally and she went, just gonna, I know they'll laugh at me, but I'm just gonna do it one more time. <laughs> one more email, and, and then I wrote you a letter, yeah. and and then yeah, the whole, yeah, it was it was an operation. A letter sounds intimate. I like that. A letter it was an email. Oh, <laughs> it came from the heart. Um, but yeah, I wrote a long email just saying how, why it had to be Sandra, and that the moment she'd come into our imaginations as, as Eve. You know, it, it couldn't have been anybody else. Mm -hmm. And how much explain that? Then we had a Skype, which is really strange because the moment we pressed video like go on Skype we came alive to each other and we were wearing exactly the same outfit. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. 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 That's creepy. Like, and we were like, <laughs> well this red. is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, Fiona, everything about this feels unexpected and new and genre bending. How vital is it that audiences are seeing these types of roles now for women? I'm the right person to ask. <laughs> but you're one of those roles. You're, you're embodying one of those roles. You absolutely are the right person to ask. Why are people enduring women in leading roles? <laughs> um, I think it's partially because, this is my feeling about it, that in Killing Eve, women aren't resolved by their domestic circumstances. Mm -hmm. They're in the world. They're killing people, or they're stopping people killing people, or they're trying to stop people killing people. So they're, they're just breathing the oxygen of the universe rather than just of you know NW3 or wherever else they might have ended up. And I think it's that, that they are also not necessarily good or nice, uh, but they remain endlessly charming under the kaleidoscope of, of uh, Phoebe. So you don't mind what they do. I mean, that is the shocking thing, is that you agree to all sorts of um, pornographic murders in this, mm -hmm. and you enjoy every minute of it, because mm -hmm. Jodie's doing them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in, in, in the show, it's like you, you see a, a, a woman, a character, uh, a female character in her 20s, in her 30s, in her 40s, and in her 50s. They're all on screen. Um, and I, I, I always thought that was such an exciting thing. It's like you're seeing. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> and in their 40s, so we can stop there. The 40s, yeah. So, but I, no, but but you also get to see a, a, a progression of like this is also where women are in their career, you know. Um, you know, where, where uh, uh, Elena is, is wanting to eventually become Carolyn, you know what I mean? You see her at the, at the beginning of her career. You see Eve at a somewhat of a midpoint in her career. And then you see Carolyn at the top. Yeah, which is it's, it's, it's so exciting. That's what I mean. It's so rare. And there is so much more to this than flipping the tropes of assassins from male to female. But I did love the threesome. I loved the windswept motorbike. I loved mm. all those kind of little nods. What other cliches did you want to play around with? Well, <clears throat> I guess I wasn't thinking about it so much like that. It was more, it came from inside Villanelle, really, that she's living this, she's designing her own life. Mm -hmm. And so I think she'd be like, I'd look fucking great on a motorbike. <laughs> and even though no one's watching her do it, like while she's doing it, she's like, yeah, this feels like, this feels like the life I decided to be living. And like, the moment you're going through that, so it's not about 
looking at Villanelle being cool, and it's about Villanelle feeling cool, and that's mm -hmm. what's feeding her. Um, mm -hmm. And then, like, or feeling like she's living the life that she wants to live, like she can have sex with anyone she wants, and she does, and then she'll have a motorbike because fuck it, and she'll have a, she'll eat a tiny sandwich on a hillside because she can, <laughs> and like stuff. Like, and she's kind of in the Villanelle movie of her life, and I think that's the moment that she had that self-awareness then anything became possible. And she's kind of inverting all those ideas and laughing at them all herself because she's not entirely sure who she is. And I think that's she's constantly trying to put these different people on, but without insecurity, which I think is what's fun about her, is that she goes, I'm gonna climb a, you know, I'm gonna climb a drain pipe in a really lovely see-through <laughs> green blouse. <laughs> Because, and not because it's like that would make the show sexy. It's because Villanelle's like because I want to fucking do it and no one's going to stop me. Or I don't know. That was, it was mainly mainly through her playing around with her own. Life but it's experience. what you said to me when we first met. Phoebe said all these people are witty, and I think the joy for the audience is you don't know whether they know they're being witty or they're just <laughs> being witty. So, but in Villanelle's case, she knows she's being witty with herself, doesn't she? Yeah, totally. She, she cracks totally herself up. Herself, so, yeah. right. so sometimes they're inadvertently witty, or sometimes you're frightened to think that they're witty because you've just agreed to something terrible. And other times yeah. they are being witty. And the joy between these two is deciding that they didn't get each other's sense of humour. Yeah. And so one of them will make a joke and the other one's like, was that, was that a joke? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we can enjoy that, but also enjoy their individual witticisms and that, and that kind of awkwardness and the sort of... You know, because it's all a flirt. Like, you know, it's, everyone's kind of having a little flirt with everyone in the in the sh in the show, and it's that constant sort of nervous energy is amusing, I think, as well. And espionage is so often a male-dominated field um, when it's portrayed on screen. But having these two women in the cat and mouse roles, how did that change the genre? Me. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you. Yeah, I really don't know, because yeah. you know what? We never thought about it. We genuinely never thought, okay, well, these people are women, so what would they do? Mm -hmm. We just love them as people. I mean, we genuinely, I don't think we ever had a conversation about gender. It was just they did what their character would want them to do. And, you know, and actually, we, we, we toyed quite a lot with how much Villanelle used her sexuality. Mm -hmm. And we, that was quite a conscious thing of her not to sex people to death. It was, you know, she, that's not what she does. She just really likes killing cleverly. And mm -hmm. she said, and she also doesn't get off on it in a sexual way. She's just quite, she's quite interested to know what happens. Mm. And that was, that was actually very conscious. Mm. That we don't do, we don't do the, you know, pixie kill between the thighs. Yeah. So that was, I think, where we... Saving that for next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what Jenny's just coming yeah, from yeah, today. Yeah. Um, Sandra, how important was it that Eve was normal and flawed compared to a lot of people we're used to seeing on screen? And I don't just mean women. Often, you know, Bond is. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I, I just feel that Eve is such a, uh, a depthful character, not only in her work life. I really greatly appreciate her marriage to Nico. Um, because exploring um, someone, you know, in a midlife place, mm -hmm. in a mid-time of her marriage, uh, there's lots of interesting, if you're talking about Eve as being the normal character, the normal character, or the way into the show, mm -hmm. exploring her personal life, her, her work life. And then it's also like, it's one thing that I think is rare that I'm, I'm so happy uh, to be a part of in this show is you see a character um, and she is a woman um, who is going through a, a, like um, 
a deep kind of existential crisis. She's spending time thinking about, wondering about uh, how to be in this world through her interests, right? So a lot of that, a lot of those, um, uh, a lot of the characters who've usually taken on uh, a deep exploration of character have been men, mm -hmm. you know, have been male characters. And now this is a show that is spending it with primarily two female characters who are in a, a, a psychological um, folie de kind of thing. And I think it's fair to say that we're all pretty big fans of Phoebe here, <laughs> Phoebe's mm -hmm. writing. Um, so what is it about Phoebe's writing that gets everybody so excited? Well, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to talk about you as if you're not here, but I just, I, you know, I, lo I feel like it's so universal. She's utterly unique. I mean, that's an overused word. Really I know, no, I'm so sorry, that's entirely No, no, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I keep on thinking she's like somebody from the 18th century, but she doesn't remember the 18th century. She says, I don't know anything about it. But she, isn't it partially, we were saying this, talking about this earlier, sometimes film takes the images and the narrative from a story and only shows you the images and the narrative. And Phoebe has put language back into screen text. Other places in America have done that too, but they've done it rather earnestly or seriously. And just this, mm -hmm. she just spins us all <gasps> on the top. There's no yeah. blood splatter. No, no we have cleaned it all off. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you like it? Uh, <laughs> good. Hello. Thank you Sorry. so much for coming straight from set. No, no, that no. is very dedicated. <laughs> we were just talking about how brilliant Phoebe is. Yeah. yeah you've come in at yeah. a good moment. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Fiona, sorry, you were... Yes, I was just rudely in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me, Jesus Christ. It's just language. I mean, it's fantastic to have somebody who is a master of language uh, writing television. It's just wonderful. Not just a master of narrative or a master of scenic things, but a master of words. It's just great, great fun to read it and then to be allowed to play it. It's tremendous. I also like love it. that she can do, you know, she can do real emotional punches mm -hmm. and then still have a sausage gag. You know, yeah. it is, you know that's what's great about it. Balance. That's really funny. And she's very rude. She's also of that generation. She's very rude. Uh, uh, which somehow has never quite got over their childhood. <laughs> is, is that true? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't mean yeah. that to do with childish in any way. <laughs> I just mean that it's a, it's a childlike yeah. desire, delight in rudeness. So when we all think that we are over rudeness, Phoebe isn't, and so things are very <laughs> We're back to Dick's Orb again, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> um, Jodie. Yes. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Um, I want to know why you think that Eve and Villanelle would be so attracted to the idea of each other. I think, I think between the two of them, there is a mutual fascination and admiration for the other one. Um, I mean, initially, I think it's Villanelle's ego that goes through the roof when she finds out there is a lady at MI5, you know, um, opening this search to find her. But I think there is, is something that is missing in Villanelle that is within Eve and vice versa. And what I love about the relationship that me and Sandra have and, and 
even Villanelle is something that I can't actually put my finger on completely right now. And, mm. you know, you're always expected to have the answers to, to questions. And I think we spend so much little time together as, as characters that when we do have the opportunity to do a scene, we both find like another little, um, a little piece of that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, also, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's definitely something that I'm still, still figuring out, mm -hmm. which is exciting. Um, I, I just, this, this kind of series, I think completely upends audiences' expectations, like you were saying, which is exactly what you wanted. <coughs> what was it that sort of sparked your desire to reinvent what we see on the screen? Not just with this, but in your previous work as well. I think it's naughty hand. Mm. Like, when, <laughs> like when, you're, when I'm trying to write something, first of all, as an audience member, you know, you feel like, I want to see that. And sometimes it comes out of like, I want to see Fiona Shaw do that. <laughs> um, and so, and it, it can be as simple as that, or say that, or these, these amazing actors do all say something surprising and funny. It keeps coming back to being doing something surprising. And I think so many of the tropes work, and, and so many of the, the, the parts of the genre fit together so well for a reason, because they work and they feel good. And so it's not that you want to completely discard them. It's about how to freshen them up and how to make them surprising again, mm. I think. And BBC America has already had audiences raving about Killing Eve. Was this the kind of reaction that you're expecting, or is it always just a relief to know that someone's watching? <laughs> <laughs> that mainly, yeah. I wasn't at all surprised. I love that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me why. Because... <laughs> because when I read it, I just knew it. You know, I mean, it's just that she'll come into the makeup trail and make these pronouncements that are just so truthful that you just have to stop and go, okay. <laughs> you knew. I think for, uh, it, this show aired in the United States in uh, March? April. April. And April, so we're familiar with the reaction stateside. Um, I live stateside as well. Um, but to your question, which is basically, how does one know? You can't. You can't know. I, I, I don't. I didn't. I don't have. I, I. I didn't have that. Let's say that confidence or that knowing because I just feel like you just never know. No, I mean, Sally and I were talking before, but it, what is astonishing is what happened between the first uh, episode and the second, which seems to be the phenomenon that mm. happened. One couldn't have. You know, obviously known that, mm -hmm. but I'm not at all surprised. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I think but also, you have got it is it is it is really interesting because you haven't got because you're competing against so many different shows. Yes. It was really really hard to know whether it would cut through, whether it was being positioned in the right way. You know, because you put your you, you sort of put your trust in the channel to know the best way to do it. And actually, I think that this is a show that. Um, it picked up word of mouth and it picked up fans that then started to talk mm. to each other. And I think that BBC America were really good at, at recognizing that and honoring that. And, and that's how it sort of grew. And Sandra's got a much greater awareness of how it's played in the States than we have, because we just, we're just here like working away. Mm -hmm. But I think it has been 
I mean, it's quite. You, you quite didn't clean. feel squashed by nobody in America was saying you can't say that and you can't do that. It has to be this shape, were they? No, they, they let no, you, they, you... To, they totally got it. I mean, they said we couldn't say fuck, but that was like, mm. and not too many thrusts. But other than that, it was, you know, we were, did you know that? <laughs> there were so many more thrusts than and you saw. So, so many more I was like, did I thrust? <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. But no, they didn't. Oh. They didn't at all. They just encouraged to be naughty. Um, they got it. Yeah. But also the opportunities of having two characters, like reading Luke's books from the off, he introduced these two characters in their world so vividly. Mm -hmm that you immediately want to, it's like you've got two shows in one in so, yeah. in so many ways. You get, you get this kind of office drama with Eve, who's the kind of accessible character who you think you know, and then you're like, oh no, I don't, didn't want to kill my husband in the way she wants to kill her husband. Um, but you know, there's like all those kind of little details about her that come out, but then you've got, so she, you're revealing this, mm -hmm. this every woman to be something more extraordinary. And then on the flip side, you have this extraordinary woman who you're slowly revealing to like her need to be normal. Mm -hmm. And like that balance feels like two, and, and from the books as well, it's like two, two stories that would otherwise probably have been separate and it would have been a heroine story in both mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Suddenly yeah, we have yeah, two heroines yeah. and two villains yeah. at the same mm -hmm. time. And I think that's what yeah. everyone was like, <gasps> like <laughs> two in one. That's what it kind of yeah. felt like people were excited about seeing these two people interact, which is the same experience from reading the books. I do love the thrill that Villanelle clearly feels when she kills somebody. Mm -hmm. So how did you kind of work together on what her reaction would be and what was the most entertaining kill sequence? I mean, what is so wonderful about Phoebe's scripts is all those nuances and those little details are there on the page. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she she can be very flippant and she may find humour, and but all those little details were there for me to... to to play with and um but I remember when we started filming and we were speaking about what is it that you know what is it that she gets when she is doing the kill mm. and then we always spoke about you know the eyes and the connection with the eyes and mm. um and what is it is she taking something from them is she gaining something and I think that there is all of it all kind of an element of mystery there which I think is quite interesting I've you know, got from people who've watched it are trying to figure that out as well, yeah. um, which I um, I really like. Which kill was my favourite? Don't give it. No, I know, away. I know. That's what I mean. I'm like <laughs> two episodes <laughs> only. <laughs> Spoiler alert! But um, there's quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's really real, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Orange. But it was interesting with the, uh, the the thrill of the kill because. On one level, it had to reach, it had to affect her very, very deeply. Um, mm -hmm. Which, you know, your, in, your instinct is always like it's on some kind of sexual vibration there. Mm -hmm. But then we didn't want it to be like her being like, ah, like, ah, kill it. Because then it suddenly becomes objectifying Villanelle again. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking with uh, Harry uh, Brave, our director, and Jodie over, we had dinner quite early on, and we were sort of like, can we just sort of try a range? Because we'll discover the characters we go. And we really, really did with Jodie because so much that's mysterious about Villanelle. And so, I find often like when people are like, what does the character want? I feel like if you actually have, this may be controversial in terms of writing point of view, but I always think if you actually have one answer to that question, which you're supposed to have, then it's gonna be a boring character. Because mm -hmm. you don't know, like I don't know what I want overall. Like I know what I want like in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what um, Villanelle's like. And we were like, we, when we got to her killing somebody, she's managed to achieve that. And then whatever happened after, you know, and the three of us were just sort of saying, let's do a whole range of things. So Jody did like a rainbow of reactions. <laughs> and, then, and then each time, and then eventually it just became more and more focused, didn't it? Yeah. More and more focused on her eyes. And then as we were carrying on with the scripts, we were like, actually, maybe it's about 
wanting, she mm -hmm. wants to jump in mm -hmm. rather than be like, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but that's what's so cool about, you know, working together from the off and the scripts being written while people are performing. The upside. Yeah, it's the upside. <laughs> it's a big upside because you, you, you can write to, the, to, the, to, to these incredible actors who are just Particularly filling in all the gaps. Particularly the first season when you are, everybody's learning about, you know, you all come, we all come into this relative strangers. And you learn about those people as you go along and you learn how they've inhabited that character and what that character is giving back to it. And I think that is a beautiful sort of organic, sort of magical thing that, that happens, particularly if you've got somebody as sort of sensitive to that as Phoebe, who can mm -hmm. just feed off it. Mm -hmm. I think that's... I think that's like one of the uh, things that I really, really love and is really, really challenging about, about television is that uh, you have your scripts, but it is a, a, an actual living, breathing thing. So we were shooting something, and an actor gave, gave a beautiful performance, and a scene that I had to shoot the next day or so, I'm like, I can't really say that line, because the perf that, do not, that doesn't make sense to the performance that mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then you need to keep it living and breathing, and you yeah. can't, it's, but it, it poses its own challenges, but I, I do love, I do love that's the ma uh, the magic that can happen between a company mm. Mm. or within a company, I should mm. say. That's a beautiful answer. I'm going to turn it over to the audience now. So if anybody's got any questions, please put your hands up and a mic will come to you. Gentlemen, right on the end, nice and easy. Thank you. Hi, Jodie. Can I just ask, um, how did um, doing this drama in a leading role compare with doing more of a supporting role with uh, Dr. Foster? I mean, I feel as though with Villanelle, I definitely had more depth with her, you know? She obviously clearly has a much bigger um, story arc. And I guess what I've loved about this um, production is, in particular is um, having a voice and people, not, not that I didn't then, but, you know, sitting down and being creative with a group of people and someone saying, you know, what is it you think or how about we do this? and um, yeah, and having your opinion and, and wanting to hear your ideas and um, so yeah, I guess that that was probably the biggest the biggest difference. Yeah, thank you. Hi, uh, a couple of questions for Jody. One, did you actually get to ride that wonderful motorbike of your characters? <laughs> I didn't, but I climbed the drain pipe. Yeah, she did. <laughs> I did that. She did do that. Yeah. And also, um, did you get used to using these horrible, deadly weapons? Do you get into a routine, or do they always feel slightly uncomfortable and slightly awkward? Um, I mean, I'm very, I've got really bad coordination, so I'm sure there's a lot of outtakes of me, you know, walking to set with the gun the wrong way around and whatever else. Yeah, but, we lost um, two or three crew members. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I guess it does kind of become normal in a way. I mean, they're always rubber, the knives are always bendy, and it's, you know, it's, it definitely is all smoke and mirrors. Um, but it was, it's something that I've never done before, like, so the physicality and, and like, so the weapons and stuff, so it was, um, it was always exciting. And the weapons weren't always what you thought they were going to be, you mm -hmm. know? That's what was fun about getting, you know, if there was a kill, you know, always interesting to see what it was she was actually doing. <laughs> With what hairpin in the eye was just it. one of the yeah. best things, and it was so enjoyable, which mm. is worrying, but it yeah. was yeah. so mm. that's from the original book. Yeah. Really satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Um, yes, lady down at the front. 
Hi. Um, one of the things I really love about the series is um, uh, Jodie's character. You see her eating all the time, whether it's like ice cream or... And, and this kind of approach to pleasure and indulgence that mm. she has with the clothes that she wears and the things that she buys. And obviously that comes up again later in the series. Uh, I know we've only seen two episodes, so I don't want to give it away. Was that something you considered in her character? Was it, you know, and also with the clothes that she wears even in the two episodes that we've seen, did you consider that when writing? The clothes, absolutely. That was all in the books that she had a flair for fashion and a kind of... Uh, need to fulfil that in her life. She just loved and that Luke writes very specifically like her wee wee jumper. He's got amazing her, taste. He's got, inc he's got impeccable taste. <laughs> and he would write, he'd write descriptions of the clothes and you'd be like, so that was a huge, huge part of it and so much fun. And actually, um, uh, Phoebe, our costume designer, decided to have even more fun with it. And so she was kind of pairing the boots with the, with the poofy dress and stuff rather than making it too sort of, the food thing, I've been asked that. Um. It's just me, I'm greedy. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm also like, do you ever watch a show and you can tell that the actor is like flicking the pee around the plate? Mm -hmm. That is like a pet peeve of mine. So I'm, all, I'm also always just like, if you're eating a meal, you, you know, we all enjoy food in life, like just dive on in. But you don't, no. Yeah, no, you don't, yeah. And I think she does, I think you, you, you're totally right. She just devours life and I mm -hmm. think, yeah. Food's one of them. Also, because it's just something that I do all the time. Yeah. So it's like when you're writing, you're just writing your life. And you just think, <laughs> the idea of someone taking a little moment to have an ice cream mm. after they've done a job really well. <laughs> like, I can just totally relate to that. Like, it's just for her. Or like, and like, just that she hero worships it. Like, again, with the, the thing on the, with the motorbike and the, and the sandwich. There's so many design conversations went into that sandwich. They were sending us pictures of the bread and we were like, no. Nope. No. <laughs> no. And then we were like, maybe. <laughs> Let's see that. What's the, what was the difference? Like, should it be parma ham? Like, looks like everyone going on. They were like, it needs to look like, mm, and then the, and then the, the, the tomato <laughs> over the top. Because I think when you understand how someone likes to eat, I think you feel on some basic level you know who that person is. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can feel the same way about sex as well. Like a character, you know, the moment she reveals that, she'll, that she's, you know, bisexual, you're like, okay. You feel like you understand that character a bit more. It's like those little clues into someone's personality. But yeah, I didn't really think, like, girls should eat. I think I just think girls do eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, questions up here, one, and then there's a lady in the middle with a hand up for the second one. Hi. Um, Phoebe, you brought up um, the bisexuality, actually. And um, I was just wondering... Sorry, I'm here. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Um, a lot of the buzz, I don't know if you're aware of it, a lot of the buzz stateside especially was amongst uh, female LGBT, actually. And I was just wondering, how aware are you of it? And does it factor in um, into your creative choices at all? Um, that goes for everyone, I guess. Um, in terms of representation? It did, not, not from a political point of view at all, from a purely character point of view, that the idea that these two women just became obsessed with each other in every possible way. And that was just exciting and new and nuanced and real. And it was a different kind of passion that, that I'd seen in this obsession. It just felt very, very natural to the characters. And you just follow, you just have to follow the characters and that Eve's, the moment Eve knows that Villanelle exists, a, a switch is turned on in her that hasn't been turned on before. And then watching her 
work out what that is and her attraction to her and their chemistry together. Mm. The first time they meet, you know, we always talked about it, it's the moment they fall in love. And that just was a very natural, normal story point for us. Mm. We never were that massively aware that it was, we weren't just trying to bang a drum or anything. Yeah. It was just mm. like, they're just women who <laughs> adore each other yeah. and yeah. attracted to each other. And that kind of just... just I think for me as well, it was something that I never questioned. It was, it was who she was. And... Um, and I think that it's 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 resonated with with people is is um, lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think perhaps it's uh, how in depth uh, that you go uh, that we go in the psyche of this of these two women, mm. you know, and and how uh, trying to figure out how to how to be to get together, mm. uh, how to merge. You know, there's there's something very deep about the merging of it, and you can kind of go run the gamut of of what that might mean, you know, um, symbolically, actually, physically, you know, we, we, we go so in depth. And I think maybe that's one of the things that resonates. Mm -hmm. Also, it's the sexual power play between the two of them all the way mm -hmm. through it that isn't for anyone else's, it's not for anyone else, it's just for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like when Villanelle's saying, telling, oh, more spoilers. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, but it's all about what's happening between these two. And that's mm. like, you know, that's what grows it, is that how, which grows that passion between the two of them, is how they affect each other. And it's just... Yeah. Female power. Female power. Um, yes, Lady Miss. Hello. I'm up here. Hello. Hello. I was just wondering, this question's for Phoebe. What is it that gave you the most joy in... Um, the adaptation process. Mm. Oh, thanks. That's a lovely question. <laughs> the most joy. I think from an early stage, it's someone saying, uh, like when Sally very, very first came to me with the idea and I'd written Fleabag, which was a, as a play and it was a monologue and it was a st sensibly a comedy. Um, uh, it was a twist. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but really it was, and I thought, you know, that, 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 that's how I was going to be seen for a long time in the industry. And then, and then, uh, and then Sally came along and said, espionage thriller, go. You know? <laughs> and it's, not, it's that moment when you go, yeah, right, fuck it, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 do, I'll try that. And so there's that instant, that, that moment of faith and that moment of please break the rules coming from the very beginning. And then you, your challenge is to break the rules. So it wasn't like I was working within parameters. It was like they, they had gone, they're not there. Have fun. And that BBC America really got behind that as well. And then, but the real joy, and I said it before, comes, I think, for me when you've cast it. You're starting to see these characters come to life. And you get the rushes. You, know, you, see, you see what's been filmed that day. And you're on set with people. And you see the actors fill in the cracks. And then you're just like, oh, my God, they're living and breathing. And they're not just in our heads anymore. Mm. And Villanelle suddenly takes shape. You know, Carolyn is just so much more terrifying and hilarious than I ever <laughs> thought she was gonna be. And you could just start, you know, you could see the actors play, play the instruments. And then, and then, you know, Eve had been in, in our hearts for mm. so long. And, you know, they're always, those characters are always slightly out of reach, even though they're, you know, on the page. And then, and then when you see them up and walking and talking, it's just, and then you get to carry on writing for them. And, and building that relationship. And then, like, I mean, there were so many plot twists and stuff that happened over my kitchen table with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with Sandra, or, like, in moments in scenes and stuff, and we were just 
talking it out and having fun going, what if she did this? What if she did that? And there'd be moments when we both go, she does that. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're completely aligned with everyone like that, oh, it's the best. Um, I've got a question right at the back there. Thank you. Hi. Um, first of all, I just want to say well done to all of you for creating such an amazing show. Like, it's phenomenal. Um, I've got a question for Jodie. So we see in these two episodes and the rest of the show that Villanelle does a whole bunch of different accents um, oh. and knows a whole bunch of languages. How long did it take you to kind of master those languages and accents? Because you do a brilliant job to the point where when I started watching it, I actually forgot what your original accent was. Oh, just because I couldn't. And then, yeah, so you yeah. do such a good job. So. Do you know what? I, I had to just take it as, it as it came because when I got the part, it was like, you know, Villanelle speaks all these languages. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And then um, and like, as I got each episode, I was like, oh, she really does. Um, so it was honestly one of the things that most terrified me. Um, but I had a lovely voice coach um, called Paula Jack, who um, she helped me with the accents. and. Um, I'd get send the languages through on like a, an audio and then I would just write them out as they sounded. That seemed to be the best way. Um, but then like we got to film in Tuscany, um, so I had the luxury of like being around an Italian crew and just going, listen, if I'm, you know, not doing a good job, just give me a tap on the shoulder. Um, so yeah, I had I had that help as well, but um, did they did they get? Oh yeah, no, I said I was like I w I didn't want them all standing there going, oh, that's not right. <laughs> I was like, you know, if if it's not right, then feel free to just like you know let me know. So um, yeah, but I think really you must have an amazing ear because as well, in even in between takes, you just go back to your normal accent. Yeah. So it's just like it's not like something you need to sort of like no a minute. No, I think I've always like had an ear for them. Like with my dad, we've always if there was like a stupid advert on the telly, we've. You know, we've all, like we'd always like mimic it and stuff like that. But um, yeah, when you get to set on a film set, it's a bit more serious. Yeah. Um, I think we had a question down here at the front. Hey guys, uh, really well done on the show. Fantastic production, incredible acting, and Phoebe obviously fantastic, unique as you said, writing. Um, as a young actor, writer, creative, whatever the hell I am. Um, <laughs> Uh, you, Phoebe, have been obviously an incredible uh, inspiration to me as well as the hundreds of thousands of young women approaching the industry. So thank you for that. Um, my question to you was, uh, how, how did it all get started for you? What, what, what has led you to the position that you're in now? And, and yeah, how did you attack this rather unforgiving industry? Oh, good luck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Um, well, from a very basic point of view, I went to drama school, left drama school, and nothing happened for ages. And in that gap of nothing happening, I met um, a director called Vicky Jones, who became my best friend. And we just uh, decided that we wanted to do stuff for fun on the side of failing as actors and directors. <laughs> and, um, and so we started our theatre company. And then we were actually just producing work. And, and it was the stuff we were doing for fun. It's the naughty hand thing as well. You know, like, this is the serious... This is the acting thing you're trying to do. And then let's create this crazy night and do it like, with loads of actors and writers and all that kind of stuff. And of course, that's the thing that starts taking on a life of its own. And so we're just making our own stuff, making our own stuff, making our own stuff, and then really encouraging each other. And it was Vicky Jones who eventually said, just write a play. Just write a fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then she really bullied me into it. And, I, and, then, and so then I did. 
and that was Fleabag. And then after Fleabag finished, we were like, <gasps> and I turned to her, I was like, you might fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> and then she wrote a play, and then that did brilliantly well. And, she brilliantly yeah. did. and I think that that has been a, a huge, huge so part for me. It's the, it's the club, finding people, mm -hmm. finding your people, and finding people who want to push you and, and who you will push in return, and that's your gift to each other. Mm -hmm. I, think that's, I think it's so lonely and so hard and so competitive, and you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's hard. So I think if you can find people who you, know, who you have fun with and who, if you, if, you, if you crash and burn, you've got someone being like, we're going down together! Um, <laughs> and if you, you know, and it can be just as frightening when it's the other direction as well. And those people who are like, don't be a knob! <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's that. And then, you know, and it happens, and then you, you build your family and, and you start working with the same, you know, people again. You meet, you know, uh, the story... Um, producer on Killing Eve, Jenny Robbins. Uh, you know, we, we bonded and worked brilliantly together and continue to work together. Harry Bradbeer worked on Fleabag, mm -hmm. and he set this show up. You know, and it's, you just build a family. Mm -hmm. Look after mm -hmm. each other. What's this flea bag you keep talking about? <laughs> <laughs> really plugging it. <laughs> uh, time for one more question, um, if there is one. Yes. Hiya, I just wanted to congratulate Sandra on the Emmy nomination. It's amazing to be nominated for such a big uh, uh, reward. Mm. Hopefully you win. Mm. I'm rooting for you. It was six to one. I looked up. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting <laughs> That's that good? I don't even know. My question really was, after Grey's Anatomy, mm. um, I didn't hear much from you. Mm -hmm. So, But now that you've come back with this lead role mm. with such an amazing actress, Jodie, mm -hmm. um, what does the role mean to you? What, what do you want to... What do you want to inspire people to, you know? <laughs> no, that's not the question. Maybe I should say, what do you hope to achieve by being the lead on this show? I should. Ask. I think there's a bunch of questions in, in there, and I'll just try and attack it. But <laughs> a bunch of questions. What, what, I, what I hope is that you guys had a good time, um, and that you enjoy it. That is that is definitely true. That's one. Um, <laughs> To, um, is it, you know, when you go and do theater for about three years, no one really hears no one from you. you. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 what have you been doing with your life? This is 35 years. <laughs> so um, I, I'd say it's, it's, it's not necessarily uh, with a specific aim. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that I've been able, I don't think that one can necessarily approach it. It's like, I'm going to do this, and this is what's going to happen. I just, I don't feel like I can, I can lead my life that way. Um, but what I wanted to do uh, after Grays is explore different parts of my life, and one of the things was to uh, work on wonderful pieces in wonderful characters with wonderful people. And this was the opportunity that came along, and I just wanted to give all, my all to it. So. That's that's really that's really it, and, and and however that is received is however is that that is received. I can't control it, so I hope that answers some of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't really have a question. I just wanted to get. <laughs> <laughs> Mention Asia. Yeah. 
about representation. It's fantastic. You know, it's a, the, the, the representation of that is, I mean, that's a mm. whole other panel. But it, it's important, I think. But I, but I appreciate that, you know. <laughs> that, but if, if it is... A, a, if, no, but if, if it is a question ab about uh, representation, I mean, I just can go... I, I mean, again, it, that you, I can, we could speak at an entire other panel for that, of how, how also I, I hold the, the, uh, the, the, I hold the representation, I hold my community, and I also am absolutely just doing my work, honestly, for myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you are uh, passionate about your work and that you're purposeful in your life and it is for the intention of to connect to to uh, feel help people not feel so alone you know I mean to to see show you how your uh, community is reflected um, then I think there's meaning in that Thank you. <laughs> that is a great note to end on. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for our amazing <laughs> moment. Thank you.